Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to the Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. What's going on, Kingdom Success listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you, episode two, no, excuse me, three, <laughs> three. 39, 339. I don't know why I keep coming back to the 200s, but uh, we're in the 300s now, guys. Fun times, good times. Um, hey, guys, so thank you so much for tuning in. You know, here on the Kingdom of Success, uh, this is just my personal journey. Uh, I am not a minister, uh, I do not have a seminary degree, I do not work for a church. I am a business owner, salesperson, dad father, husband, uh, coach, uh, golly. I mean, these are all these things and they all do all this outside of the four walls of the church. And so I come at you from a perspective of how I'm applying the word of God, what I'm seeing or learning in the word of God. And, you know, also wanting to encourage you to maximize your kingdom success. Because God wants you to be successful. God needs you to be successful. You know, other people would say, God doesn't need you to do anything. Well, then why would he send Jesus to you? I tell you. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, get over yourself of thinking, you know, that God doesn't want you to be successful. I want my children, Tyler, Trinity, Timothy, and Taylor, I want them to be successful. I want them to prosper and be in health even as their soul prospers. I want them to flourish. I mean, it I mean, even goes into saying that in, in the, what is it, Matthew or somewhere in the Gospels where Jesus is saying, you know, hey, even an evil man or evil person gives good gifts to their children, you know, and we actually give good gifts, you know, to our children. Why wouldn't our Heavenly Father do exceedingly more than that? Right, that might be Tyler McCart's uh, version, but it's definitely something just to ponder on. So, want to come at you guys and talk through a couple things. Uh, you know, I've got a little bit of a drive ahead of me. Uh, I'm coming back uh, from doing some work uh, at a piece of property that uh, we own, and uh, so I'm headed back uh, from that. It's lunchtime. I'm a little hungry right now. Um, by the way, I have been actually uh, changing up my diet uh, quite a bit. I hired a nutrition and fitness coach, uh, Amy and I did, and uh, we've had her for goodness, a little over a month now. And it's, uh, I mean, honestly, it's been great to have someone that's coaching me and uh, working with me with my eating and my health. And uh, it's uh, pretty exciting and uh, just I want to share that with you guys. So today I want to uh, turn towards your prayer life. And I want to talk about how to have a deeper prayer life. I received a, a blog post uh, from Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and they have seven steps to a deeper prayer life. And, you know, I thought I read through the article 
It's a pretty simple, straightforward article, but I thought I'd go over that with you guys and give you guys just my perspective and my thoughts on, you know, what this is and how that applies to uh, us as Christians in the marketplace, Christians that are actually out there, you know, uh, in the hustle and bustle of life, in the trenches, in conference rooms, in cubicles, in, um, you know, cutting grass, uh, doing land, landscaping, you know, uh, you might be fi- making or building a fence right now. You might be building a house. I don't know where you're at, what, how you're listening to this, but, you know, this is my perspective on how I am as a, as a person that is actually in the marketplace applying these things right here. So let me first say this before I jump into these seven different things. So first off, Prayer, let me, let me clearly define prayer. Prayer is just having a conversation, a normal conversation with your Heavenly Father. It is having a normal conversation with your Heavenly Father. And you know that is, that is the, the ultimate goal of what God wants you to have as a born-again, spirit-filled uh son and daughter of God. He wants to have fellowship. That is, that's, that's the whole reason he sent Jesus. You know, a lot of times, you know, our Christianity, I feel like, or at least, um, we get so fixated on getting out of hell and making sure that our sins are forgiven, that we're going to heaven. But really what God wants more than anything or why he sent Jesus is so that we would have fellowship with him. I believe I, I read somewhere the other day that, you know, where it says that we're adopted sons of God, that actually translates that we, we were, not, not in the sense of that we were never in the family, but that we have become uh, back a part of the family, that we've been restored. So if you go and think about, you know, Jesus talking about the prodigal son, the prodigal son that took his father's uh, uh, inheritance and wealth and went into another country, left his home, left his family into another country and went and just lived in sin, basically. And then came to his senses and came back well, what was the number one thing that the father did? The father did not go and say, hey, I forgive you of all your sins. No, he went and ran to him to throw his arms around him to regain and restore that fellowship. That is the, that is the number one thing that God wants for us. And I know I could go into a lot uh, deeper into all that right there, but... I'm, I'm actually reading a book right now called Fathered by God. Uh, it's, it's a John Eldridge book. He wrote it back, I think, in 2009. But great book uh, so far. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm excited about talking to you guys about this. I'm excited about, you know, sharing these steps because God wants a relationship. God wants fellowship with you. You know, you fellowship with God really in... Um, quite honestly, uh, yeah, in three ways, uh, reading his word, um, 
talking with him, okay, as in prayer, talking with him and letting him talk to you, and also listening to uh, listening to his word or listening to some uh, bona fide preacher or minister of the gospel share with you, you know, because you can hear stuff from a bona fide uh, speak, uh, preacher of the gospel. You can hear stuff from me that I might say or might something trigger in you that might be something the Holy Spirit is uh, trying to work out in. So let me say that. So God wants you to go deeper, deeper in every aspect, deeper in your conversation with him, deeper in your understanding of how to pray effectively and how to pray in a much more deeper sense. And, you know, he's all about that. And, you know, I, I have to say this, and this might be my scripture verse, you know, James 4, 8, it says, come close to God and he and God will come close to you. So again, this is the Father's heart. He's all about this. So number one, number one uh, way to deepen your uh, prayer life is ask in Jesus' name. And this is actually found in John 16, 23. And by the way, I'm not reading any of this. I'm just glancing um, at these things. So John 16, 23, and basically if you go and read that, you know, Jesus is saying that, you know, you can ask anything in his name, all right? Now, I, I already hear some people flying in the face of saying, oh, you know, you're just making, you know, Jesus or God, you know, uh, you're, 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 you're genie, you know, you're genie in a lamp. You rub the lamp and not, no, 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 no. Listen, when you start to actually have a relationship with the Father, and you start to allow him to start working in your heart, he promises to give you a new heart. He promises to put the desires in your heart, right? And so, therefore, you start to, and it even says in Proverbs you know, 16, 3, that it says that you know, when you commit your ways to him, he's going to cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will so that your plans may be established and succeed all right so let's let's make sure that we get this that you know i'm not talking about a genie in a bottle you're starting to line up with who god is and what god has planned for you and it is a an authoritarian or an authoritative thing for you to be able to ask in jesus name the name of jesus is the greatest gift that we have period the greatest gift that we have is the name of Jesus. Because it's like we, when we walk into a situation and we begin to pray over somebody, we pray over a situation that we have, we have, it's almost like me carrying my, my grandfather's name or my father's name uh, into, say, said, you know, business transaction and say, hey, my dad guarantees this. Or my dad is authorizing me to operate in his his name. When you get a a business, or when you go and like when I was a salesperson, I was given an American Express card that had a pretty big balance to it, or at least a line of credit to it. Well, I was given that to go and operate and do business and create sales, create opportunities for the company in their name. Same thing applies to this right here of asking in Jesus' name when you pray. So, you know, you might have a financial situation. You might have a uh, child of yours that's not with you right now that you 
you can start to believe and ask for these things right here to come to pass in Jesus' name. Take the authority given you. It's one of the biggest things that I got as a born-again uh, believer that I have the authority uh, to take to use Jesus' name. Number two, number two, in prayer, you've got to believe that you receive what you have asked for. This is all based around Mark 11, verse 24. So if I'm, if I sit there and at, well, case in point, um, you know, if I sit there and, you know, say, say to you, you know, I, I turn to you and I say, man, you know, I need, I need employees or I need, um, you know, people to come work for my business or I need more customers. But then I turn around and out this, out of my mouth, I turn around and go, dude, I can't stand people. I am no good with people. I can't stand them. They're a bother to me. I mean, I'm, I'm literally talking out both sides of my mouth. I do not believe what I just said. Therefore, I, should I even receive what I just asked for? Right? Um, it just makes no sense, guys. You have got to, once you believe that you, you, you want something or have something, you've got to believe that you receive it. It's just like, I mean, again, I know that some people fly in the face of, oh, you know, you're just name it, claim it, you know, believe, you're trying to, you know, again, rub the lamp and ask God to do something for you. Dude, you know, come on, please help, help me out here to help you out. Think about it. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Yes. Do you receive his uh, gift of, of uh, restoration and forgiveness of sins uh, so that you might be restored? Yes. That's, that's the same thing. Then why can't you take the same principle of what God's doing and go believe God for something else? Like, let's say that you want to have kids. Why don't you believe and receive that you're going to have kids and you you believe it and you receive it okay this is critical to taking your prayer life to a much deeper level all right this is this is actually getting really good number 3 forgiveness you've now this is something sin all right sin or unforgiveness can hinder your prayer life you have, uh, I know for me, I, 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 I allow this to happen. I think I've shared this a long time ago, but it's worth sharing again. You know, I had a, um, had a business mentor that was, you know, we were having a conversation and so forth. And, you know, that business mentor said some things to me that I didn't take well. And I actually allowed that, uh, that, that offense to, crop up and I held an offense towards this person and I remember laying uh, it was a couple months after I had you know all this had taken place and I remember it I'd gotten really sick and as I was sitting there in my bed talking to the Holy Spirit saying Lord okay um, I know that I believed and received my healing I believe that I receive that I'm healed by uh, Jesus by Jesus stripes 
I'm healed. You know, is there anything hindering me? Hindering me. This is, again, taking your prayer life to a deeper level, guys. Is there anything hindering my, you know, the, the manifestation of my healing? And the Holy Spirit immediately brought me to that moment where that I took offense to that gentleman. And wouldn't you know that it, I said, well, man, forget this. And even though I was not feeling good and so forth like that, I called the gentleman right there immediately and asked him to forgive me for holding an offense and having strife uh, in regards to what he said to me. He didn't, even th- he didn't even know he said it. He didn't even remember saying it. And guess what? We moved on. And guess what? I got better. It was like the next day I was starting to feel a whole lot better than what I was. Guys, you know, you, you, forgiveness is such a critical part. I mean, it goes right in line with what Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 11, verse 20, 25 says. And I just referred to this uh, just a second ago, uh, Mark eleven twenty-four. But Mark eleven twenty-five is kind of the qualifying statement that you've got to walk in forgiveness in order to see prayers answered. I mean, this is biblical. I mean, even um, I think uh, even in Peter, you know, it something in there I can't remember exactly, but it talks about your prayers are hindered or not effective because of how you treat your wife. I, I can't remember exactly what it says in First or Second Peter. Just go find it and read it. All right. Anyway, number four. Number four. Depend upon Holy Spirit for help. Now, this is based around. Uh, Romans 8 26 right but when you don't know what to do in a situation okay I, I remember um, a gentleman a speaker that was speaking uh, to to a group of us that he um, I don't know if he believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or and with evidence speaking in tongues but I do believe you know that he understood this because he got into a situation uh, I don't know if it was his his uh, one of his children or his one of his relatives. I don't know what it was, but he went away not knowing how to pray, but just groaning in his car, literally groaning in his car, crying out to God with groans. And he believed he believed because the person got well after that. He believed that guess what. The, the Holy Spirit knew his weakness and intervened in the situation to help him express it in words to God and basically helped him through the situation. Now, for me, I just understood that the groanings and those types of things that might happen, I can be a lot I can be effective with praying in an unknown tongue, praying in tongues. And praying in the Spirit, even though I might not totally understand what is going on or how to pray, how best to pray or how to effectively pray, but I want to pray because prayer, guys, hear me on this. This is very important what I'm going to say. Prayer, your conversation with the Lord, is a way, the way of getting things to happen down here on this earth, okay? 
that something has to be said out of your mouth. And there, there's a whole entire thing with that that I don't have time to get in. But, you know, prayer is putting your faith in God that, you know, you, you can't handle the situation. You don't, you're not big enough for the situation. And you're depending upon him to do it. There's a way to effectively pray. I mean, there's a, there's a way that I have to go into my bank. Here we go. There's a way I have to go into my bank in order to withdraw money. There's a way I have to go in my bank to deposit money. I just can't go in the bank and plop a whole bunch of cash down and say, hey, take my money. No, there are procedures. There's ways of doing things. Same thing in the spirit. The spirit, uh, the spirit world obviously influences the physical world. So if the spirit world, I mean, if the physical world has these things that happen, guess what? The spirit world has the same thing because everything or everything comes from the spirit world, right? Number five, pray, uh, the prayer of intercession. Now, this one right here, um, probably I could get better at. If there's one of these that I could probably get better at is this one right here, where that I actually could intercede for, say, my a community or a friend or a family member you know, and really go to bat for them in prayer. This is actually based around First uh, Timothy two one, all right, where that you know praying for all people, ask God for to help them and intercede on their behalf, and giving thanks for them. So there there is a prayer of intercession. You know, I again I don't really this this is an area where I could probably develop it. I'm just being honest with you guys. And something that I need to probably improve on. So I, I, I don't have a whole lot of, of meatiness in this right here or for examples that I have in the other ones. So let me move on. Number six. Number six. Number six. Pray in the spirit to build yourself up. Let me get a quick swig of water. All right. So we're going to pray in the spirit to build ourselves up. And this actually comes from Jude chapter 20, uh, verse 20. All right. Now for me, I've done this. I, I can, I know I've done this <laughs> more times than I can uh, count. And I can tell you that, man, when I get done praying in the spirit, okay, I am like supercharged. I mean, it's almost like you put on a praise and worship song and blasted the music, and it was an upbeat praise and worship song, and, man, I'm charged. But, man, when I pray in the Spirit, I actually build myself up. Praying in the Spirit is, is praying in other tongues, okay? Not with my understanding going on, but really where that I'm actually able to build my spirit man up in my whole, most holy faith. That's what it says, actually, in Jude 20. And I've seen this be very effective, you know, for my own self. So, you know, if you feel alone, if you feel uh, like, you know, you, you, the world is against you and no one's for you, I would encourage you to do what, you know, uh, David did and encourage yourself. And the way you can encourage yourself is actually pray in the spirit um, and with the evidence of speaking in tongues out loud. Therefore, guess what? It's going to build your spirit man up. And your spirit man, it says this in Proverbs, 
Your spirit man is actually the, the, is the part of your body or part of who you are that will sustain you. Okay? So keep that in mind. Whenever you might feel alone or you, you don't know what to do, all right, again, this is deepening your walk, deepening your prayer life. Pray in the Spirit, all right, because it's going to build you up. The last, the last one, number seven, is <clears throat> according to 1 Corinthians 14, 13, that we pray in an unknown tongue and we ask for the interpretation of our own tongue. All right. Now, this is good stuff here. This, this right here, um, I actually was just having a conversation yesterday with a gentleman and he was, he was, he had some, he's got a business that, um, you know, he's, is doing very well, but he wants to move over into another aspect of the same kind of industry. And it would take a lot of, um, I guess, um, what would be the proper word, um, liability off of him, right? Or, um, you know, just the overhead um, or exposure to risk. So if he moved over into this area of the business or this kind of business, it would be doing the same, I mean, same industry. It's just to be moving on. He just doesn't know how to get over there. He doesn't know what to do. And what I, one of the things I told him, I said, you know, I said, hey, brother, listen, pray in the spirit and believe and ask God for the, and re, believe and receive the interpretation of your tongue. This is, this has been one of my go-to plays, especially as I've, you know, gone into business for myself or when I was in sales or really just in anything, you know, is I, I pray in the spirit and ask, ask the Holy Spirit to give me the interpretation of my tongue. That might come in the form of a thought that he might drop inside of me. It might actually come from an actual, literally an, um, uh, for me interpreting my own tongue, uh, that I might say out loud. It might come from someone else or some, or some kind of situation that brought light or illumination to my eyes, you know, my spiritual eyes that I can see the answer that I need. That's what praying in the spirit does. Is it actually, and within, uh, with you asking for the interpretation of that, where that you actually start to see yourself or receive that prayer, which is a perfect prayer, by the way. Okay. That's because you're praying literally, it says this in the Bible. I mean, I'm just quoting the Bible. It says when you pray in an unknown tongue that you are praying directly to God. I know that might seem wild and so forth like that, but it's, it's, it's in the Bible. I'm just quoting the Bible to you. And it is a perfect prayer because you, the Holy Spirit, going back to that uh, Romans 8.26, the Holy Spirit is actually praying through us and for us. And the last time I checked, the Holy Spirit is perfect. So you're getting a perfect prayer. So you're getting, you're getting, you're speaking out wisdom into a situation that you need insight on. And guess what? You can ask the Holy Spirit because, again, you know, uh, James uh, says, ask for wisdom, right? And so if I'm speaking out, you know, perfect wisdom or perfect answers of what the Holy Spirit's got, I want to know what that is because I want to be, I want to know how to operate and maneuver in, in my situation that I might be in here in the marketplace because I want to be, 
you know, again, uh, gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent, all right? And that's just what, that's what the word says. And, you know, I've got to take ground here in the marketplace. So, kingdom success. I want to wrap up with that. The last, you know, I'll, I'll give you number eight. Okay, number eight. Okay, this is one that just kind of popped up inside me as I was talking. And that is pleading the blood of Jesus over a situation. Pleading the blood of Jesus. I don't have time to go over what that means, but when you plead the blood of Jesus, uh, nothing can come against the blood of Jesus. Satan's defeated. You know, it's, it's almost like a prayer protection, um, you know, or, you know, I was just praying for someone today uh, as I was driving. They were, he was getting ready to go on a hunting trip out west, and his wife is going to be by herself for the next uh, week or so. And, you know, I, I pleaded, I said, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over so-and-so right here that they might have protection and have your hedge of protection around them, that they have the blood of Jesus over them. And that was just uh, something that I've done. I say that over my kids. I say that over my house whenever I'm leaving the house on a long trip. I say it over a lot of things, okay? I plead the blood of Jesus over a lot of things. I mean, my my in-laws, my in-laws, I mean, anytime, like, if a sudden freak accident happens, I've heard this happen. This has happened a couple different times where they say, blood of Jesus. I mean, literally, it's like an instant thing that comes out of their mouth uh, for them. And, you know, I, I, hey, you want to go deeper, do some homework in that. Go, go dig a little deeper with that with Holy Spirit so that you can get some better insight. But believe the blood of Jesus over situations. Okay? So, gang, know that you're blessed. You're highly favored. You're empowered to prosper. You walk in divine health. The Spirit of breakthroughs upon you guys. And, gang, We'll catch you on the other side.